Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, I am not trying to trade my co-host, so how are you doing today? <laughs> That's good. Uh, I, I I don't know that uh, ESPN has the package to, to put together sure, yeah. to, to actually get it done anyway. So I wouldn't uh, trade you for burger. Don't. Worry. Oh, that's 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 great. Yeah. No. I I mean honestly, I I think it would be uh, even, even though you'd be wanting to trade yourself away from Chris Collingsworth to uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know that the uh, Locked On Network is uh, willing to, to make that trade at this point. <laughs> well, so. if if ESPN is trying to trade for let's, uh, let's, let's Al Michaels, pa- let's see what the package is. Let's see what the let's see what the what, what they can come up with, and uh, maybe what would be what, what's the best person that ESPN could offer to NBC? <sighs> like uh, Mike yeah, Greenberg? Yeah, probably somebody young that they accidentally hired, thinking that they would do social media stuff, but that's really actually the best person that ESPN has. You know, yeah. like Mina Kimes or something like that. I don't know. Scott Van Pelt, maybe? One of those yeah, guys? Somebody I, like that? Yeah. Something like that. No, right. Not much, I would say. No, not much. Um, all right. We've got off topic already. The show's already off the rails. Um, <laughs> today, we're going to be talking about some defensive tackles. Uh, we're going to continue our scouting profiles. Um, and we're looking now at guys on the defensive line that the Cowboys can likely get after the first round. So these are typically what we consider day two interior defensive linemen. If you assume the Cowboys grab a, uh, you know, like a C.J. Henderson in the first round or Grant Delpit, these are guys that can come in and hopefully play significant snaps as a rookie. Um, the first guy we're going to talk about, Landon, is Justin Matabuke from Texas A&M. Uh, he had a pretty good combine. While he didn't do all the drills, he came in at six foot three, two hundred ninety-three pounds, uh, thirty-three and a half inch arms, ran a four-eight-three forty-yard dash. And then a seven three seven cone drill. Uh, AJ Epinesa wishes he could run a seven three seven cone drill. Uh, sorry to get that shot in there. Um, what did you think about Justin Matabuke when you saw him on film? Yeah, I had watched him earlier in this process a little bit, and so uh, kind of circling back on him at this point. And um, you know, he's very typical undersized, uh, under tackle size defensive tackle. Uh, you know, six two two ninety three. He's got some nice length. You know, he's got over thirty three plus inch arms. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I think the thing that I saw immediately with him is you know he's definitely explosive. Gets off the ball well. Uh, you see this this athleticism. Um, he has these thirty three inch arms, but uh, without a doubt, to me, his biggest issue is that he constantly is letting. Uh, offensive linemen get their hands inside on him, and 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 he's he doesn't use he doesn't use that length very well, and 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 I think that's no, that's no. that's the issue I have is that I see a guy who has the skill to be kind of that under tackle, but he attacks maybe without a plan, and he spends a lot of time kind of fighting you know hand fighting with guys who are bigger than him instead of trying to get past them, and you know. I, yeah, I think he understands leverage because I, I, you know, I, you can see him kind of get low to kind of stalemate a blocker and then shed the the blocker to get a tackle. I just think that he struggles to keep guys off his chest, and because of that, he can be easily moved at times. Um, yeah, I just think that he has some skill set to be a, a, a good kind of interior pass rusher. 
but I have I have concerns about and and, and uh, to be honest, like I haven't watched enough tape to figure out. And and, and I I'm gonna have a similar issue with Jordan Elliott too. I think I, I I have I have a hard time trying to figure out if this is something that is scheme based that I just don't like the way that they're using him. Or if that if this is like a skill based issue that he's just struggling to swat hands away, he just doesn't have uh, the uh, hand skills, the hand fighting skills to get get hands off of him or get lift you know uh, to to forklift guys off of him or that. Yeah, sort he's of thing. not developed as a pass rusher at all, right? At there's all. certainly yeah. there's certainly athleticism and talent there. Like if you get him with a good defensive line coach, I think the I think he can grow as a pass rusher pass rusher pretty significantly over the next two or three years if he gets with a good coach right yeah i mean i i could agree with that i think the problem is is that he's he's not very far at all like because i I mean i think like learning that you can't get let guys get their hands inside on you like that's got to be line one and it and it happens Mm. to him it's seemingly a lot so now how did how did you like him as a run defender i think he you know I, i i for a guy that's undersized i think he's okay you know, I yep. think yeah, I, I thought that he was a guy that uh, you know, obviously as a backside pursuer is going to be fantastic. Uh, but even when he was a point of attack defender, um, you know, double teams are, are not going to be his thing. He's just not he's no, not big, no. right? And 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 like I said, he may understand leverage, but at a certain point, you're going to have two three hundred twenty plus pounders pushing on you, and you're less than three hundred pounds. There's a physics problem there, right? So. I, sure. But I think when he takes on guards uh, or tackles like by himself, he doesn't necessarily get immediately pushed out of the gap, um, and I, I, that's pretty impressive. So I think he understands that dropping his weight can give him leverage on these guys, and then that allow him to kind of sit in his crack a little bit. Uh, sure. But I, I yep. yeah, I, I don't know that I'm like. I'm not playing him at five technique. I don't think you know, I, I, especially at this. Well, point. Well, I don't think he. I don't think he has the length to play at five, right? Well, I, I mean, mean, he. I think he has the length. I just don't think he has the ability to use the length. You well, know, I mean, thirty three and a half inches to me at six two, like you could do it in a, in the right scheme. Yeah, but typically you're looking for those six five guys, like a sure, Raekwon Davis. Seems like sure, he fits better as a sure. as a pure five. No, I, yeah, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't play him full time as five technique. Okay, I, I'm saying. I wouldn't really even like you know, I, I wouldn't call him position versatile. I guess is what I'm getting okay. At. And that, I think that's fair. Um, he reminds me of. Do you, do you remember watching Kingsley Kiki last year? Yes, I think it was from the same school. Yes, right? good call. Very similar, yes. very similar types of players and similar builds. Right, Kiki yeah. was like, I don't remember what was. 6'3", 290 pounds. And I mean, ran very four similar. Nines. Yeah, yeah, I mean, very similar size. Right. I like Matabike. I mean, that's somebody I would be willing to take a chance on. But I feel like 51 is too early, right? I feel like there's going to be better players on the board. Actually, I know there's going to be better players on the board than Matabike. But if he's in the third round uh, and you haven't addressed that position yet, uh, I'm I'm okay taking a shot there. My question for you is this, Landon. How would Matabike fit in with, like, Tristan Hill in this defense? Because it feels like you can't play those two at the same time, right? Uh, you know, I'm interested to see where where Tristan Hill is after a year in the off season. I, 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 you know, I, I don't really know. He's actually, I think a, l- a little bit of an unknown here. Uh, cause I don't really know. I mean, has he put on some weight in the off season? Is he bulked up? 
what's his offseason plan? Well, he's quite a bit bigger. Like, he came in at, like, what, 311 or something like that? Yeah, so if he's coming in, and let's say he puts on 5 or 10 pounds and we put him at, as a one-tech, you know? what? Let's say he, he bolted up and got in the weight room and, and, and basically got stronger. Uh, you know, I think you could play these guys next to each other if one of them is, okay. you know, if, if Matabuke is a, a, more of a three technique. And, by the way, just real quick, I, I looked it up uh, for Kiki. 6'2 and 2'8s, 288, 34-and-a-half-inch arms, though. And that's, Man. I mean, he was, he was a, you know, a fire hydrant with arms, basically. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Um, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit about Jordan Elliott from Missouri. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash lockdown. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better, Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, our next defensive tackle that we're going to talk about today is Jordan Elliott. Uh, another, I, I think he's bigger than what uh, Matabuke is. Uh, I know some people are big, big fans of Elliott. What did you see on the film? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tried to get you last night because I, the, Honestly, the the first thing I, I saw, like I mean, I don't know why even. I think, and I was telling you, I think it's because of a of, of a, a dichotomy thing. I I watched this kid, and immediately I thought of form, former Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker Levon Kirkland, who of course you. This may be a name that might be for some of our younger viewers a little bit too too old. I, I brought it up to John Owning, and he didn't he didn't he wasn't sure who he was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have a, I had, I had a Levon Kirkland autographed uh, picture one time. Of, of course, you did because you're. you're I'm, number, I met him one number time. one right. Steelers fan. <laughs> uh, so I think you know he. The thing is that the Kirkland, for those of you who don't know, was like six one, like two seventy five. He he looked like a defensive tackle playing linebacker, uh, yeah. and and he was number ninety nine, right? This mm-hmm. this dude Jordan Elliott plays with number one, and he looks like a de- uh, linebacker playing defensive tackle. Like he he he's like a, a linebacker that's just been kind of supersized. And to me, his game is kind of like that too, right? Where he's like he's, he seems to be constantly playing on his feet. Uh, he's his weight is all up top. He's kind of barrel chested, and he plays quite kind of nimbly on his feet. He has really good athleticism for a guy who is listed as at three hundred two. Um, but I, I think that really, I, I question, I mean, I, I, if this guy is like a, uh, a penetrator, a defensive penetrator, I didn't see a ton of that on tape. No, neither did I. No. And, 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 and I didn't see a lot of a, of a guy who was going to be a disruptor 
You know, I, I saw a guy who looked like he whose game was like a linebacker. He looked like he was engaging linemen like he was a linebacker trying to peek past them. And again, this really, really, really goes back to what I was talking about earlier. And this was even in my notes. I can't tell if this is uh, the either the, a usage problem with uh, with the coaching staff on the Missouri defense, or if this is his playing style. But what he should not be doing, which I saw a lot of him doing, is catching blockers. I saw a lot of him, you know, just allowing blockers to get up on him and then kind of either two-gapping, but, I mean, kind of, you know, not even two-gapping because he wasn't at times paying attention to what was going on beyond, you know, like the guy in front of him. I I, I just I think that this guy has the athleticism. I, I wanted to see more one-gapping here. Because, mm-hmm. I, first of all, I mean, you want to talk about guys who have problems with Link. Like, he doesn't even have the Link length that Matabuke has. No, no and, he and he really plays belly to belly at times. Uh, yeah, just 19th percentile arm length for interior defensive linemen, 32 and a half. Yeah, and, and it's just one of those things where it's like uh, he, he just seems uh, – he seems like he's he's kind of not played the way that would take it. I think if he was doing more one gapping, it might accentuate his athleticism a little bit better while hiding his length issues. Because if he's you know he's pass rushing inside, so he doesn't need like to keep arms length of the tackles. He just needs to get past his man, and it feels like I rarely ever see him in a half man situation while trying to rush the passer. Well, I think he has the athleticism to do it, but. Yeah, it's not great that I haven't seen him do it a lot. Well, I was going to say there's not a lot of opportunities for him to rush one on one with a guard or a center, right? You just don't see that very often, or at least I didn't see that. Yeah, um, I didn't. So there's there's a lot of unknown here. I know there's some people that really like him. Pro Football Focus has him in their top thirty. Uh, uh, Lance Zerline has him in his first round. Compares him to K1 Short. And then there's other people that have like a sixth, seventh round grade on him because there's just he doesn't really have anything besides athleticism. And then if you combine that thought with like the three sigma athlete stuff in a spark score, just a twenty two percentile athlete. So it doesn't necessarily match up to what you see on the field. I I have no idea what to think of him. I'll be honest. This is one of the guys that I watched. Uh, I think I watched three games and I did not have a good feel of, about him at all. Like. Where would you feel comfortable drafting Elliot in, in this year? Uh, man, I I don't know. Like, I, I mean, because I think he has athleticism and he movement skills for a guy that size that are that's rare. You know, right? I would agree. Yep. Um, well, the I mean, the forty was good, right? He ran a, a five oh forty. Yeah, I, I would say fourth round, third round. I mean, fourth round well, probably. That, well, I was say, if we get to eighty-one, I, I have a feeling there's going to be better defensive tackles on the board that fit this scheme, right? Probably. Like, I think there's a good chance uh, Leaky Fotu from Utah is there, and if it's not him, maybe it's the Ohio State defensive tackle that we're yeah. going to talk about in a second. I would rather have either one of those two guys, frankly. Right. It it just feels like I, I think there's a good chance that Elliott significantly outperforms his draft you know, pick wherever he's selected. 
I, I'm just not sure if it's worth the risk at pick 81 or sooner than that. I mean, I'm I, with the way that people are talking, I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised if he goes in the top 60 or 70 picks, and that just seems far, far too rich for me. Um, Landon, let's go ahead and talk about your guy. I, I, I'm calling him one of your pet cats in the draft. I don't know if that's fair or not, uh, but let's go ahead and do it. We're going to talk about Davon Hamilton from Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, this is more of your prototypical one technique. Uh, 6'4", 327, or at least that's the numbers I have here. I can pull them up here on Mock Draftable. Uh, but what did you think of uh, Hamilton's film when you went back and you watched it? Now, I know you haven't seen a lot of t- All-22 on it, uh, but just casually watching him, what did you think? This was one of the guys that I was telling Marcus, I mean, I, this is probably the first guy that I did watch some All-22 on, but I didn't really take notes. I, I just was kind of... I, I just, <laughs> getting started, you know, it's just like, you know, oh, let's just watch some tape. I wasn't yeah, yeah. just been I put on Ohio State, and because we haven't needed defensive tackle, my eyes kind of you know drifted down to Hamilton. Um, you know, I think uh, I think he's a big dude, strong player. Uh, you know, I uh, if I remember correctly, he's a uh, a one year starter. Uh, I mean, I think he I think he yep, kind of right. blossomed a little bit late with Ohio State. Um, again. I like Ohio State players or, or players from these uh, uh, teams where they uh, they stack the uh, this talent and um, you know and, and so sometimes these uh, young athletes you know what happens is that you know these guys get recruited they're five star athletes four or five star athletes they go into these factories like Ohio State and Alabama and they're surrounded by four and five star athletes. Uh, and, and multiple years worth of four and five star athletes. Yeah, so yeah. they get they get stuck on depth charts. They sometimes the, the they flame out because they can't handle it, and sometimes they wait their turn and they get stronger and they and they take advantage when they get up there. I think uh, I think that's what happened with this kid. Is is you know he, he he had some things to work on. He get gets up there and then he took advantage of the fact of all the other guys he had. Uh, on on his defense with him, and and, and he and he was a very valuable piece this year. I, I you know he's productive. He I think he you know was you, you watch him. He's uh, he'll take on double teams. He'll get mm-hmm. through them. He, he he can get on the other line, other side of the line of scrimmage. Uh, he is uh, very much as advertised as a uh, one technique stopping the run. Um, he will bully people at the line of scrimmage. I mean, he is big and strong and can take on and, and, and beat double teams. Uh, I, I I wouldn't expect him to, uh, you know, be a, uh, you know, a big-time sack guy. I think he will definitely help you with pass rush because he will collapse a pocket and because he's big uh, and because I think sometimes you're going to have to figure out a way to get two guys on him. Uh, but I think in the third round, if you're looking for a guy who is right now a guy that you can plug in and give you some good snaps against the run, and who might have some developmental upside, uh, you know, as a pocket pusher, as a as mm-hmm. a guy who can get past the line of scrimmage, uh, I like Hamilton a lot just because you know I he's young, he's on he's on the rise, I think, and he uh, he. Played in, in and and what, let me be clear. When I say young, I, I actually don't know his age. You mean, but you mean but I, inexperienced? He, yes, he he doesn't have a ton of snaps, but the snaps he does have are against elite competition, and they're very good. So I, I think that to me, I think this guy has talent that he can develop with more snaps. Uh, so you might see a better player in the pros than you did in college. 
Yeah, so, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is the type of one technique that Rob Marinelli would have liked, right? Because he has better athleticism than what you typically see from this position. I don't think he's a great pass rusher, but I think he can do enough as a one technique. Like, I, for example, I think he fits better in a Rod Marinelli scheme than a Leaky Fotu, right? Would you agree with that? Well, I'm sorry, say that again. He's more than I said. One. I said Hamilton would fit would fit in a Rod Marinelli scheme than Leaky as a one Fotu. technique. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Okay. I, I think just because of of his, uh, you know, he has some slipperiness to him. I think you know, Fotu is more of a. Uh, you know, he's almost more of a nose tackle. It's like type, Brown. Yeah. Fotu and Brown are similar too, and it's like you, you hear all this stuff about the, their their combine. They're those two guys are both like the nothing from Never Ending Story. It's like it's this thing that's coming, and you can't stop it. Right. You just better get right. your business done before it arrives on you. And and Hamilton, I think he can like he can get through a gap, you know, and 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 at least force you to. to to occupy a garden center with him in a pass rush situation. Mm-hmm. Those other guys like Brown and Fotu, like they have some explosiveness, but they're so powerful that they're going to work their way through whatever bodies you put in front of them. You, you just have like a countdown. This guy, Hamilton and, and some of the other guys like uh, 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 Matabike, like I mm-hmm. think that they can kind of, well, Mata BK even more so, but but I think that th- these guys you know can actually put together some moves to uh, to try to win in a quick way, or at least put your blocking scheme in a bad way early on in the in the snap. All right, so let's let's play it out like this, uh, because obviously free agency is going to dictate a little bit where the Cowboys go at defensive tackle and what type of defensive tackle they draft. Um, so let's say, for example, the Cowboys bring back Malik Collins and then draft like Hamilton in the third. Do you like that combination better than for signing a Danny Shelton in free agency and then drafting a Justin Matabike at 81? Because that's really the conversation the Cowboys are going to have to have, right? It's how do we want to go about finding our three and our one in free agency in the draft? Yeah, um, I, I think, you know, honestly, I, 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 I think it would depend on the Danny Shelton's number, you know? I, I, I kinda, Do you think he gets paid more than Malik Collins? Because that's why I, I don't think he should. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I think don't he, I don't. I, I don't know. That's the thing is, you know, someone from uh, Luke Braun from uh, uh, Locked On Vikings mm-hmm. actually was uh, tweeting at me about about Malik Collins, and he and he and, and he kind of had a similar question. He's like, well, I don't really understand Malik Collins's market. He seems like a good, talented young defensive tackle uh, who's produced and like could t- continue to get better. What 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 is his market? And I and I told him I don't really know, man. You know, it's, I have it's, no idea. It, I know Raider fans are interested too because they think that's somebody that could uh, come over with Rod Marinelli yep. and instantly be their three technique, and they yep. could slide Maurice Hurst to one. So, yep. But again, what? How much are you willing to pay that player? I have no idea. I have no, no idea. idea what his market is. I just like I, I have none. I, I the number that my brain keeps coming to is something like eight million. Seven million? Yeah, which, okay, six, and, and that's million? kind of what I, yeah, I was thinking like six to seven, which inevitably means he's going to get like eight yeah. or nine in free agency, yeah. right? Yeah, so I, I think his market is actually going to be a little bit more robust than we think. I, you know, I think this defensive t- tackle market is, in general, going to be very interesting. There's there's so many oh, yeah. different factors involved. I mean, not just beyond not just beyond the fact that there's so many of these players, which I think will depress the market overall because of the the, uh, the value or, or the supply and demand economics of it, 
The, mm-hmm. the other part of the problem is that they're so individually different, and that's kind of going back to what we're talking about with these players, right? Is that there's it's like wide receivers almost, where yeah, there's a whole really bunch is. of different flavors, you know, and, yep. and 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 the 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 defensive tackle free agent market is a lot like the wide receiver draft market, where yeah, there's there's a ton of these guys, so you know their value probably will be artificially depressed, but at the same time, there's so many different types that you can't just necessarily when people talk about, hey, I'll just take a wide receiver later, right? I think that there's a, a, a disregard for the fact that some of these wide receivers are going to fit a little bit better in different situations than right. others, right? Yes. Depending on the flavor yes. they are. I think the defensive tackle market is a lot the same, too, where parts of the defensive tackle market, I think, will be depressed because of supply and demand economics. But I think part of the other side, you know, depending on like how many of these guys make it through, the pass rushing side of the defensive tackle market, the three technique side, I-, I think there may be a surprise market for those guys. So it'll be interesting to see how, like someone like Malik Collins, who has mm-hmm. quietly been a good player as a three technique, maybe not spectacular, but quietly good. It'll be interesting to see exactly how that turns out. Yeah, I, I don't think I want the Cowboys to go heavy on the – First wave of the defense tackles, right? Yeah. The second wave is probably where you're going to get you're going to get value. But if you wait to you know the early parts of April, it, the market might be dried up so much where, okay, those players that you're signing at that point might not be any better than the guys you get in the fifth yeah. or sixth round. So totally. uh, something to keep an eye on. I, I'm still interested in, I mean, some of these later defensive tackles. Like, what is Michael Bennett going to get on the open market? Like, because he was traded for was it a seventh round pick? What kind of money is he going to get? Now, I know he probably doesn't fit Jim Tom Sula's scheme as well as he did with Rob Marinelli, but that was somebody who was really good for Dallas last year. How about somebody like Sheldon Day? What kind of money is he going to get? Because uh, he played well for the 49ers this year. Um, Andrew Billings, I mean, that's somebody who has finally started to get healthy. I kind of doubt that he gets signed in the first week of free agency with so many big names out there. Uh, but what does his market look like? It's just it's going to be fascinating to follow that. Yeah. Um, Lena, let's wrap this up. Let's let's rank these three guys. I know it's a little difficult considering they all play a little different, and you know Hamilton's a one, and the other guys might be three. Uh, but rank them. Where would you feel comfortable drafting each guy? Man, um, I, you know, I think Matabuke is is probably a guy that if you want him, he probably. I, I don't think he makes it to eighty two. I could, I, I, or, I, could be I agree. Yeah, I think he's somebody that goes between those two picks. So I, I'm not counting on him because I, I, I don't want him at 51 to be honest. I mean, that's, that's I don't either. That's too rich. And I 80, like him. And I like 82. Him. I think is 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 comfortable. Is a good level for for where we sure. take him. But I think he'll be gone by then. Now, Just because would you the, take the classes? If you weak, I I would say, would you take if Hamilton and Matabike are there? Which one do you take? In the third. Yes. Um. I think, I mean, I hate to say this, but I think it honestly depends on what you've done in free agents. No, that's the right answer. Like, that's the honestly the truth. I mean, these grades, Matibuke might have a higher grade for you, but if you get your three technique in free agency and you already have Tristan Hill on the roster, it seems like overkill drafting Matibuke there. Yeah, I mean, you're at least going to have real problems trying to fit everyone underneath that. I mean, here's the other thing, too, is Tyrone Crawford is likely coming back next year. So mm-hmm. where is he playing? Is he playing inside? And if he's playing inside and you've already got Tristan Hill, like maybe your best bet is to try to get uh, a more one technique type and then 
see what you've got in Tristan Hill mm. and, and and Tyrone Crawford. Or, yeah, I mean, then again, that's why Tristan Hill is such an X factor here. It, he could be both a couple more extra hamburgers and a couple extra lifts, and he's a one technique. So, yeah. you know, it, it could go the other way as well. I'm curious to see what Jim Tom Sula and Mike Nolan think about Tristan Hill. I, I'd like to get some quotes for them. You know, I'm sure they've seen the tape. I wonder what their pre-draft th- thoughts were on him. Uh, it'll be interesting to kind of follow that because what they think of Tristan Hill could very well decide what they do in free agency in the draft at this position. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Make sure you give us a five-star review. Leave your questions. Leave players you want us to watch. Uh, we have about what, six weeks left uh, oh, until the God. draft. I know it's coming so fast. We'll try to get through as many of these players as we can. Uh, follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.